Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go! Huddle up on three, one, two, three, huddle Huddle up. up! No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Russian three, drop an eight. steps up, no. loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards, up in the air. It's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. We are live on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, and our YouTube channel, and we are glad to be with you this week, and it is uh, the brothers again, and uh, we're pretty happy this week, if you couldn't guess. I uh, I, I, I threw in that, uh, that, that clip. I'm sure, Sean, you didn't expect for me to be on top of my game and get that new clip in there from this Saturday, but... I, uh... Uh, I rarely am. Rarely am ready for it. <laughs> You've known me for how long? Yeah, it's it's uh, not something all I'm... All of them. Uh, all of them, uh, but I'm not usually uh, that good. But this week I was. Of course, we have tons to talk about this week, including Brian Kelly gets his signature win and Ken Tiger successfully defend and more. But make sure you go to our uh, all of our social media. Uh, subscribe to the podcast feed, our home network, of course, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We stream daily at Leap Sports. Dot com that's l e e i b sports dot com if you go to our uh any of our social medias you'll find the link tree we have uh some merchandise up for sale through the end of the month make sure you check that out and uh and help us out there get some uh cool merch as well we'd appreciate that uh but sean how are we doing this week man oh we're doing uh had some pretty entertaining sports talk after the uh after the 
Sunday night debacle down here in uh, in the Bay Bay of Tampa uh, was quite fun to listen to. Um, and you know, like I said, you know, go out and get the merch. Notre Dame had their big win. Lots to talk about. Um, fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week coming at you. So uh, should be a pretty good show. Now, did you guys you guys had another hurricane, right? <laughs> well, there's a there's a tropical storm swirling around the Gulf right now. Uh, it it went east of Florida went around the southern tip of Florida and is just kind of hanging, uh, headed towards the panhandle right now. Uh, as of tomorrow and Thursday, it should be moving just past us. So this next 24 hours is kind of the uh, point that if it wants to hang a right, well, here comes the rain. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll deal with that if it happens. Otherwise, uh, we'll, just, we'll just wave at the golf and watch it uh, freeze on by. And I think we might be getting some – rain from it or some remnants of rain from it i'm not i saw sure. the northeast is getting some here this weekend i so. saw yeah like i think um i think tomorrow and thursday there's a chance of rain maybe this weekend but uh we could certainly use it um if you're following along with us in the live video give us a like and a share we'd appreciate that also uh interact with us and we'll uh we'll answer questions and things like that uh on the feed no matter where you're you're watching we will get those questions uh, but Sean, I decided to uh, I decided to put up a question of the week this week, and it and it has to do. Um, there's two teams in the Big Ten that I I would say disappointment, but I, I don't even feel like that word probably li- lives up to um, w- what they are doing right now, and that's Penn State and Michigan. They have a combined record of one and five. Uh, Michigan one and two. Penn State is zero oh and three. Uh, Penn State plays Nebraska this weekend. Michigan plays uh, Wisconsin. I, I, I'm not very confident. Assuming, yeah. Assuming, assuming Wisconsin can play. If, if I'm Michigan, I'm just like, come on, COVID. No, I'm just, um, and uh, but obviously, if, if and we'll we'll predict. Actually, we're going to predict both of those games since they are uh, dealing with our question of the week. But um, with, uh, with 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 Penn State, I mean, even you know, with them, they're 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 hurting, but. Wisconsin, obviously, if they don't play this week, they are disqualified uh, from the the potential Big Ten champ. If they miss another game, not just this weekend, but if they miss one more game uh, throughout the rest of the way, they are no longer eligible uh, for a Big Ten championship. But but I simply put it out there because um, if you if you follow along, you know for for me here in Central Pennsylvania, uh, you hear the cries from the, the 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 Penn State fan base. For you know, I, I follow along with with Michigan's social media because obviously my wife's a, a Michigan fan, so uh, stay up on on uh, the fighting Harbaugh's. Uh, neither neither fan base is is very happy right now. So I, I simply pose the question: which which hot seat is hotter? Um, and you know, if, if you look at the two coaches, uh, Harbaugh's in year six at Michigan, Franklin's in year seven uh, at Penn State. Uh, Harbaugh right now, 48 wins and, and 20 losses. Uh, so he has a, a 71% winning percentage. Franklin right now, 56 and 26, um, 68% winning percentage. So they're, they're fairly close. Um, you know, Harbaugh's had, had three 10 win seasons, a nine win season and an eight. Uh, Franklin started two seven win seasons two 11 win seasons. Then he had a nine win last year. They went 11 and two. Uh, Franklin has had more success in bowl games. Harbaugh's lost four straight there. 
Um, Michigan has failed to to uh, beat Penn State, beat Michigan State uh, consistently. They have not beaten Ohio State since he's there. You know, Penn State's had had some of those big wins. They've they've slipped up other places. You know, so there's 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 kind of weird balances. And I think when you talk about college football, you always kind of go back to the most important thing you can do as a head coach, as a team, uh, if you want to stay where you are, is beat your rivals. So I feel like that's that's where that's where Harbaugh is hurting that you know people are calling and I think this is maybe a little bit off base but they're calling the loss to Michigan State a couple of weeks ago. I think it has more to do with the point spread. But the worst loss in Michigan football since the Appalachian State game. I don't even think you should put those two games in the same conversation. I understand that that Michigan State came off the the loss to Rutgers the week before, but but to Compare a loss to your 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 rival uh, to losing to Appalachian State is just is to, to me is just ridiculous. Yeah, and, and I mean that's not a great comparison. I mean I understand where the comparison comes from and that the feelings are going to be very similar. Um, but if I remember that Appalachian State game, I mean that was a um, kind of a Michigan season where. Uh, I don't know if they were projected to win the Big Ten, but but there was a pretty pretty prominent program still yes. at that point, and it was, uh, you know, it, that's why it was such a shocker. As it was kind of this, well, why would you overlook this, you know? And it became this that was kind of the origin of, of a lot of the the theory of scheduling those, you know, one double A division, you know, those teams uh, because you know scheduling them in Boise State, it was kind of this whole, uh, you know, why schedule the best one of them um, <laughs> right. because best one of them uh is it really any better than the worst one of us kind of thing um but as far as comparing the two i i I don't think it's close uh that that appalachian state game was was way more of a shocker uh at the time um you know and i and i think as far as you talk about rivalry games i think that that's kind of one of the areas where franklin has the edge here uh franklin has you know he, he had the whiteout win against ohio state in a season where they shouldn't probably shouldn't have um i think you had a couple you know, obviously you've beaten Michigan, you've traded some losses with them. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, the number of rivalries for Penn State has kind of been diminished in the Big Ten. Um, but obviously you've beaten up on the rest of the ones around Pennsylvania, the Rutgers and, 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 and those and the Maryland's and those teams. Until this until past this week. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's got to be Jim Harbaugh here. Um, I've been, I mean, he's been on my hot seat for a couple of years. It's just kind of felt like that scenario where you draft somebody in the first round of your fantasy draft who <laughs> turns out to be the dud of the year, and you just hold that value too high. Come you know, on, some, Cordero Patterson. <laughs> come on, Corderell. I got you. You know, uh, you know, and, and you just you, you believe it's going to happen. Like you took faith in like a guy that had one good year, and you're like, it's going to happen again. And, and you know, it's week eight, and you've, you've turned down a trade or two in week three. And you're just you're just beating yourself, and you just refuse to take. I them swear out. to I God, like Bilal Powell is going to turn this thing around. <laughs> Bilal Powell is going to be the savior of the New York Jets. Um, very similar, and it's it's just you know it's kind of that scenario. Where I feel like Michigan. I don't know what else you're waiting for. Um, you know, you know the guy has has a abysmal record against those uh, rivalry teams. Um, you know, if you count Michigan State, that's going to help the record some. Uh, but it's it's still, uh, you know, Ohio State's the big one, and, and he's struggled against Ohio State. You mentioned he struggled in bowl games, 
And I'm just trying to think as an, as Notre Dame fans, you know, when we were looking for our coach and it was like, let's go get another one, whether it was Charlie Weiss, whether it was Ty Willingham, <laughs> never had a leash this long. No, those alumni would have bought him out two years ago. You know, honest to so, God, you know, you, you talk about that, the leash and I'm, I'm still surprised Brian Kelly survived that four and eight season. Yeah. And I mean, if I think if that's, thank God he did, <laughs> I think if he had one more, like a second, one of those, it would have been rough. right. They've had ten He'd win had seasons ever four since. Four real then. good teams. It would have had to have been four big wins with the promise of a future. But, um, but for Harbaugh, I think just to, you know, the fact that it's it hasn't even been. And, and I see, um, I see Phil here agrees with me uh, on the on the feed. Uh, Got to be on the hotter seat. Came in as the savior, and that's the big thing. And I think it's just like I've put so much stock in him. Yeah, like they, they, he's the around. third highest paid college coach, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and it's. And it's unreal, uh, you know, and, and you know one of the other two, Saban, so a um, little better track record there. But um, as far as as far as far uh, what Scotty Phil was saying, you know. should be gone too. Right, and, you know, and, and Phil saying that it has to, you know, clearly always being second or third in that division. It's not even finishing second or third. It's the fact that over the past few years, I mean, it's been, will they be second or will they be third? Like, it's not even – well, they'll challenge Ohio State. It's always will they challenge Ohio State? You know, and it, it's can they be finish ahead of Penn State? You know, it's always this like who's going to be the big three? And Michigan's always like kind of on the third, looking into second. And I, it just baffles me that the athletic department at at Michigan is like okay with that, with how much you're paying the guy. You're going to eat the money either way. You may as well find somebody else that's going to you know push these kids and get the program. The recruiting clearly isn't working. You can't pull kids farther north than Columbus. They're stopping there. Yeah, so- well, it's it's weird. I mean, they they have like they have top ten classes, and and I, I you know Dana and I were talking about this today. We were we were walking. I mean, beautiful weather here in, in uh, Central PA uh, this this week. It's been like in the the mid seventies. I mean, it's been fantastic for November. Nice. Um, the you know, but we were talking. I, I think the thing, and and Scotty, we'll we'll get to your question here in a second. Um, the thing that, that to me just is, is probably going to be the biggest indictment on him. And, and Phil just hit it. It's like, he was reading my mind is, you know, Harbaugh's in year six and, and he has not gotten a quarterback yet that that's really been able to succeed in that system. Well, they clung to one way too long. Yeah. Shea uh, Patterson, open. Shea Patterson should never have been the guy. Um, yeah, and, but and I, it was. I felt like he was clinging to Patterson, like Michigan's clinging to Harbaugh. Yeah, and like and, I feel like it was like that was my guy. It's Harbaugh, work. like Brian, to- like Brian Kelly, is loyal. is is very loyal to a quarterback. I mean, how many times have we screamed at, at a TV? You know, why is Everett Golson still in? Why is Tommy Reese still in? There's well, been yeah. points. Why is you know Ian Book still in? But but Book, you know. Definitely played the best game of his college career on Saturday night. Oh, absolutely! And we'll we'll talk about that game in in a second. Um, you know, it's it's and to me that that that's probably the biggest indictment is is that that they haven't gotten a court. Like I thought, um, McCaffrey uh, was it Dylan McCaffrey? I thought he should have gotten a better look. He ended up transferring. Um, you know, he he stuck to John O'Corn. Brandon Peter is the one. I don't year. know if they've had anybody I would consider to be an effective college quarterback since Denard Robinson. No, I don't know that. No, and Denard and that Robinson was, before was a phenomenal yeah. college player, and probably should have been used better in the NFL. I felt just the athletic ability uh, in general. I think Denard um, Robinson was a couple of years too early. 
too for early. the NFL. Like if you got to all these. You guys look at Mahomes. You look at Lamar like, Jackson. Yeah. You look at Tua. Uh, Shoelace fits right into that. And right. I feel like he would have been more the opportunity to be like maybe that running back that can throw or the wide receiver that can throw, you know, can play multiple positions. He'd have been a great guy. Belichick would have loved him. Uh, oh, and it's just kind of this, yeah, it would have been a pain to see in New England. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think and, – and we're not really talking about Franklin's lack of a, a resume here, and it is there. I mean, there are there have been some years where, where the promise was there and, and, and they didn't even finish as well. You know, he's had some disappointing seasons, but for the most part – I felt that Franklin kind of took over a – I don't want to say a rough position. I mean, O'Brien leaving, you know, may have been a blessing in disguise. But it it, it kind (laughs) of is, you know, um, you know, Franklin kind of came in and I felt the expectations weren't really there. So you're going to give that guy, um, especially in a a conference controlled by Columbus, uh, you know, I feel like that's, you know, kind of an uphill battle to begin with. And to be able to come in in your first few years and beat Ohio State kind of shows – and man, I don't know where they're finding all these wide receivers, but but they are definitely arriving in Central Pennsylvania. I, I yeah, that, which that, that's, that's unbelievable. They are constantly full of speed and great hands. Yeah, and and I mean this year, this year should and and honestly, if, if this weekend, I, I think is there's Penn State has, and it sounds weird to write the ship against an zero and two Nebraska team, but if you can win this game, you're, the dogs are probably going to get called off Frank a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. If you go to Nebraska and lose to this Nebraska team, it's going to get a lot louder here in Central PA. Like it's it's it, you know that's that's the thing. And uh, yeah, Scotty, they have not beaten Ohio State. He says uh, Harbaugh still has a job at Michigan. Same reason Marvin Lewis kept the job uh, with the Bengals. I mean, here's the thing, and and this is this has always been my defense of, of Jim Harbaugh at Michigan is when he took over that Michigan team, it had been decimated by. Rich Rodriguez changing everything at Michigan. I mean, he had he was conditioning their offensive linemen to be uh, to to lose weight and 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 you know to to play this completely different system. <clears throat> then Brady Hoke took over. They started playing Michigan football again, and then then it all started to fall apart there. So like he took over a program that was so far below Ohio State. So far below Michigan State at the time, Penn State at the time, Wisconsin, and and even some others in the Big Ten. So he he had to me when you hire a guy that that has played there, you're going to give him a longer leash without question. Like when oh, when sure. like when you when you turn it over to a job when you turn it over to a guy like Harbaugh, you're not going to give him a two year leash. And if thing you know if he doesn't win eleven games in two years, you're, you're already throwing him out the door. But you're you're in year six. You're by all intents and purposes, you're at least in year two of all of your recruits. Like this, this is the this is a year where, where things should have went. And it, it, you came out great against Minnesota, and then the wheels have fallen off. Now we don't know how good Indiana is. We're gonna find out where Indiana is. Not this week, but next week they they play Ohio State. Um, and, and we don't know exactly what Michigan State's going to be because Colorado turned it around pretty damn quick under the head coach. It's now um, now at, at Michigan State. Should you have lost that you, game? I'll tell you no, a big but, difference. And we may not know how good Indiana is. And we may – I mean, I think we have a decent idea of how good Maryland is. But I will tell you this. The one thing those two teams have that Penn State and Michigan don't right now is those two teams believe in themselves. 
that's a huge difference. That you can see the way they carry themselves yes. on the field. Indiana has bought into a new culture, a new system, a new quarterback. Whatever's going on there, that team believes every play that they're going to make a play, even when they, they don't. They believed on Saturday. Yeah, on and Saturday. And I feel that, that it, and when you're watching uh, the Nittany Lions and you're watching the Wolverines, I don't see that. Mm-mm. You know, after that, you know, and, and they, they took a couple of big blows. I mean, I mean, the, the shot from Indiana to start the season. Um, and then, like, I would say the first quarter against Maryland, when that ha- that first quarter, Maryland came out hot, and that's exactly what they needed to do because it just Penn State thought they were going to walk in there and turn the season around and stroll into, you know, an Ohio State game uh, with a chance to, like, make a statement and say, hey, we're, don't forget us. And that's not what Maryland came to play. So I think that's the one thing I will take away from those two teams is at least they, they have the confidence to step up to those teams and be like, hey, come at us. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I know I know Penn State had a couple of opt outs, but I, you shouldn't be as bad uh, as you are. A couple of responses from uh, from Facebook on the question. Mike says uh, definitely Michigan, but the seat is uh, toasty at Penn State. Uh, Dave says both are not quality coaches. Uh, better been better in recruiting. Uh, Andrew says if either was fired today, they would have a large selection of good jobs available. Uh, Franklin beat an Urban Meyer coach team usually keeps game competitive. competitive. Uh, his game management drives uh, drives him nuts as a Penn State fan. Uh, Jason says Michigan Franklin has overall been good with this season being a letdown. Uh, Harbaugh has probably been on the hot seat for a while. Chris says Harbaugh, I think it's uh, let go first. PSU is committed uh, to Franklin, and, and I mean I agree. I, th- I think Penn State is definitely uh, committed to Franklin. But like I said, um, if you if you lose to an zero and three Nebraska team, um, commitments change. Notre Dame committed yeah. to Charlie Weiss for 15 years. Yeah, and even though uh, that this season quick. could get forgotten, even though this season could get forgotten as far as, well, maybe we'll forgive him because it's a shortened season. Maybe we'll, you know, you know, things are strange, you know, like maybe, maybe coaches, things like, but those high school, like you said, those high school commits, I mean, those are 18 year old kids. I changed my mind every fifth, every 30 minutes when I was 18. <laughs> so, I mean, like for those guys to be, yeah, I'm going to Penn state. I'm going to play there and then see like this kind of scenario or same with Michigan. Um, you know, it's not unheard of at all, especially today. I mean, the era of uh, of social media and video games, um, the attention span is much shorter than it used to be. And and I think, you know, other teams are going to keep calling. <laughs> Sometimes it's very easy to change their mind. Um, but um, just the fact that Phil here made the comment about, um, you know, uh, Franklin not always being a pretty win, but he's turned the program around, made them competitive. Um that that's that's why these are the two coaches being discussed here this week, because uh, I think that when I read has made them competitive, not always pretty and often frustrating, uh, been a great recruiter uh, and been able to get great coaches to help. I feel like for the most part, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, that could have been either of the coaches that he's yeah, describing there. Because there's been a couple of times of against that sentence, and I would believe that you were describing Jim Harbaugh. There, there's been a couple of those games against you know against even Ohio State where where. Michigan's been leading or led into the fourth quarter, and yeah. then there's been a couple of bad breaks. Ohio State ends up losing, you know, because people have looked at the score, the final score, and, and you know, Ohio State ends up winning by, you know, eighteen to twenty four. But if you look at the game, um, yeah, it been just, a couple you know, it, it just, had. yeah. So, and 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 a, a couple of times it was, uh, you know, and 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 you know, everybody has an opinion on this, but there was a couple of times where there was some egregiously bad goals. That went Ohio well, yeah. State's way. So, like, I mean, and and, and you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, what happened in South Bend on Saturday. Be, but you know, sometimes, and I've had this theory for for a little while. Um, 
I, I sometimes I feel like that the conference officials there's a little pull to the 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 top team in those mm-hmm. games because those are your money maker. If, if if Ohio State loses to a Michigan team that's 15th in the country on the last weekend of the regular season, there's a chance that the Big Ten isn't getting college football playoff and national championship money. So, yeah. you know, if if Michigan if Michigan get you know if it's close to a first down, you're probably giving Ohio State the benefit of the doubt on on the spot of the ball. Yeah, it's just how it is, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean Harbaugh they they've been competitive. To me, if I'm answering this question, Harbaugh's seat is probably a little hotter, but I I can see a scenario where both of these coaches are not back next season, depending how these next few weeks play out. Yeah, um, and it's I mean it's going to take a the train wreck continuing. I think for for Franklin to be the out, I, I think if with with Harbaugh, I mean I think I think it's there's one game. For him now, in my opinion, I mean, don't get me wrong. You you lose all of them except Ohio State. It's still going to be hard. <laughs> right. um, but um, but I, I think at this point that game's going to be huge. If you can get your first win against Ohio State, get like a signature win in the middle of a poor season, maybe you've bought yourself a little more leash again. But you know, again, that that inability to get a quarterback from a guy to come from the NFL. Uh, and kind of be, and you to know, be have, a quarterback. have gotten a lot of credit for what he did with Colin Kaepernick and 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 things and like that. What he did I'm at just Stanford. Like, yeah, and I'm just like, uh, you know, I'm not buying, you know, and I, and I think sometimes when you talked about you know hanging in there on Patterson too long, and you know when Kelly or um, when Kelly hangs in on a guy, sometimes that's um, loyalty and faith in the player. Other times it becomes this kind of. Um, I don't know, like an ego taking over. Like yeah. I can coach him, I can fix it. it. Like I'm the I'm the guru, and and it becomes this whole um, battle. Like who's really keeping him in there? So I I don't um I, I I'm gonna stick with my Harbaugh pick here. I don't think Franklin's had enough of a low end track record. A couple of games in the grand scheme of things isn't gonna scare them away from him, especially with you know these players that that wanted to play for him and are playing for him. Uh, when you get the opt outs back, you know maybe you're able to turn around. I think I think eyes are going to be open and they're going to be watching. Uh, but I don't think this year's it for Franklin, really at all. You know, short of an absolute meltdown, no win season. Uh, I, I don't I don't see it. But um, but Harbaugh, I think definitely is. Yeah, they, uh, I just checked. Uh, Wisconsin has their COVID cases down to five. They expect to return to play this weekend. Uh, against the Michigan Wolverines, uh, we'll be predicting that game in a little bit. Um, but but Michigan has Wisconsin, Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. I think you know. I think regardless of what happens this Saturday, if you can beat Penn State and Ohio State, which I mean, uh, Penn State beatable, very beatable. But if you beat Ohio State uh, and Penn State, even if you finish the year what three and three and six or whatever it is, three and five, um, but you close out the season with a win in Columbus. You might buy yourself another year. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about the Michigan Penn State game being the savior job bowl. I didn't really think about. That. <laughs> um, but uh, one before we close up this topic here, Phil says, "How much do you think colleges consider what other coaches' alternatives are out there in determining firing one of these guys?" Sometimes I feel like that's a forgotten part uh, of the decision. I think you know. I think that obviously plays into it. Um, I think I saw, uh, and uh, my wife shared it to me that, that there was like an odds maker was, you know, you always see who's going to be the next coach here when you talk about these big schools and potential replacements. Uh, and they have the 
uh, defensive coordinator for Clemson as the most likely candidate um, should Harbaugh get fired. I, I think that would be a great move because you know they've they've had a lot of trouble defensively, uh, especially this year. Uh, but has gotten to the later stages of the last couple seasons. So um, I, I think that could be a, a pretty smart hire um, if Michigan does go that route, get somebody that, that's going to focus on getting that defense uh, really, really tuned up. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, schools are looking at who's out there. I mean, you're not just going to throw them to the wolves. But sometimes, you know, you can tell pretty early in a season who's going to be available. I mean, sort of a miracle, you know, NFL firing or – you know, and, and we've seen sometimes, you know, people talk about the the trouble that college coaches have making the jump to the NFL. I think sometimes you're now you're starting to see some coaches that jump from the NFL back to the college ranks. Uh, and just it's not so much an element of the NFL is so much more harder and more competitive. I think it's just two different monsters, two different beasts. And I think, you know, when you get too ingrained into one of the two, making the switch either way is hard. But, you know, you, you kind of touched on it with the coordinator. I, I think sometimes it's. I don't want to say better or eat like the trouble is when there's one or two big names is when you fire your coach, you're taking one of those two. And if that one turns out to be the same, especially when you're Michigan, who just did that, like went out and got a big name uh, and a former uh, former player, you know, you don't you don't necessarily want to make that jump. So firing him at a time where there isn't as much available and getting the opportunity to maybe get somebody a little less proven, you know, kind of the whole uh, Rams with McVeigh kind of thing, uh, and a chance to just take, make an experiment, you know, in a scenario where it buys you like two, three years. Sure. And it's really, you know, no pain, no gain. We got to a coach. We got the guy we thought was the guy. Hey, we were wrong. Like bring in the big name now, as soon as he's available. Like, and then like, as soon as a big name's available, it's like, Hey buddy, your leash is cut. We'll see you, uh, saving. You want to come coaches, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so I don't, um, I, I don't think it's it's necessarily the final straw. Obviously, if the guy you want is out there, might make the leash even shorter or, or just get the axe man out. But um, I think if you're ready to move on with your program, I, mean, I, we, I don't think in the grand scheme yeah. of things it really matters I mean, who's we, out there as a coach. We saw You'll that. find somebody. Well, we saw that with um, when, when Notre Dame fired uh, Charlie Weiss and, and hired Brian mm-hmm. Kelly like almost <laughs> immediately, and, and, and Kelly had left Cincinnati. It was like, look, this is the guy they wanted – uh, they weren't going to wait on it, uh, you know, and, and, and the writing was on the wall with, with, with Charlie Weiss as it was. So, right. Um, we're going to, uh, we're going to continue here and we're going to talk some of the, the bigger games in college football this upcoming weekend, but I want to go back here, uh, to a comment, uh, from Scotty. And obviously for us, uh, this past weekend was a pretty good one. Uh, we haven't had a win like this, um, as Notre Dame fans in a very long time, uh, since 1993, uh, was the last time they beat the number one team in the country, obviously beating uh, Clemson, ending their 36-game uh, regular season win streak. Uh, Scotty says, with how Notre Dame played on Saturday, can they compete uh, with Alabama or Ohio State? Um, yes. I don't – I don't. yes, I think they can compete. I don't know um, if they can beat Alabama. I think they can beat Ohio State. Um, I mean, Ohio State, I think – you approach the game in a in a very similar way to how to how you beat Clemson. You you have to um, you have to make them one dimensional, and you have to try to limit big plays. And that's what Notre Dame was able to do. Any success Notre Dame has is going to go through the defense first. You know they they kept Travis Etienne to under a hundred yards of total offense. That's how you beat Clemson, which is unreal. Yeah, absolutely. And his and he had one his first run. 
was 10 yards. The rest of his runs, I think, he had 17 rushes for like 50 yards after a 10-yard run on his – so he had like 18 carries for 60 yards, but the first one went for 10. Like, you know, they you know they did a tremendous job. He scored – you know, and, and Clemson scored, and they had a couple of big plays. You know, they had a they had a fifty yard pass. What was it? He had a big reception. Uh, Etn. Uh, no, that wasn't Etn that called that one. That was the receiver because that the uh, yeah because well, Etn had one out on a screen that went pretty long. It may it not like, have been fifty. Yeah, yards, yeah. The, the fifty the fifty game. yarder was that touchdown. That was to a wide receiver. That was like what was the yeah. stat I, I shared with with you and Dad? It was like the the first time Notre Dame had given up. Um, a play over fifty yards since like the uh, twenty eighteen bowl game or something. Like, it, it's it's a ridiculous stat, especially considering Notre Dame's had such bad defenses, um, for for a for a number of years. Um, but you know I think they can beat Ohio State. They can compete with Alabama. Uh, I don't know if they can beat Alabama. I don't want to find out at least until the the national championship game. Um, but yeah, I think they can absolutely compete with them. Yeah, I mean if you're talking competitive. Um, I, I would say absolutely. I mean, for one thing, you know, I'm still hearing, you know, a lot of people say, you know, if, well, if Trevor Lawrence is out there, that game's not close. I mean, I don't know how you can really say that. I mean, I mean, he plays similarly, obviously the experience is there, you know, and it's, it's a slightly different, you know, game plan. But, um, you know, I heard, you know, before and even after, uh, the game interviews with Brian Kelly, uh, about, um, the game plan really hasn't changed against Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, since they played him with Deshaun Watson. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's the same basic defensive plan. You're going to have a lot of screens. You're going to have a lot of um, kind of, um, you know, disguised plays. And, and you got to be aware that it could happen any time. You got to kind of cheat up with some safeties. And it's going to cost you some plays. Yeah. And that's why uh, Clemson, uh, you know, make, make, makes some money on the big play. Uh, but but I'll say one thing. That kid can play. Well, people, yeah, I mean, this is the third that time. Freshman, he could have stepped into a lot of programs, sure, and started for four years. Yeah, this is, this the is third... not just like a like a. Oh man, we found this diamond in the right. He could have. He he had calls from a lot of programs. Yeah. He wanted to go there. He wanted, and to he sit knew for that a year this and, is going to be Lawrence's last year. Yeah, you, you know, know, this so... is this is the third time that the Notre Dame's played Clemson. Um, yeah. Brian Kelly has faced Dabo Sweeney once with Deshaun we Watson. We game in the swamp, right, with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it was in a hurricane. Shouldn't even have been and played. And we should have won that game. Yeah, shouldn't even have been played, quite frankly, but that's neither yeah, here nor like there six, either. Nine or something, who knows. Um, and then, you know, in the in the college football playoff in, in Trevor Lawrence's freshman year, you know, the same year that Uyunglele's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a true freshman as well. So it, it's not... You know, it's it's not like he's doing something that Trevor Lawrence didn't. You know, Trevor Lawrence is a true right. freshman and let him if do a Trevor national Lawrence, title. If Trevor Lawrence would have declared for the NFL draft, this DJ kid would have been their starter for the full season. Yeah. Like, he was already committed. He's coming there. He's going to play. Uh, he was highly recruited. I think for that reason is that if he goes, we've got our guy. But but uh, this guy um played real well. Uh, and the other thing people need to remember is, like, Yes, it went to double overtime. Yes, Notre Dame scored in dramatic fashion, which, first of all, when's the last time Notre Dame did that before uh, right? overtime like that? Like, didn't hang their heads down, came down and made a play. Uh, and I saw that, I think I told you and uh, our dad uh, in a text message uh, when, when it was kind of I, – I felt both of you waning. I felt you guys just, oh, here it goes. You know, oh, I can't. There's I was, nothing wrong with that. I was dead. Uh, but I, I was dead. But I had seen Ian Book. Book had made a mistake. In the red that zone, fumble, the fumble, I was done. After that fumble, his next two possessions, Brilliant. I saw a lot of 
just moxie and grit. And I was like, I like where his head's at. I like where his eyes are at. And and I, I think he's going to lead us to a score. And sure enough, there he went. And um, yeah, minute nineteen, but, but he drove that team the down and scored. Did have at least three possessions where they should have had more points than they got. Yes, they had a three, a three, and a zero that should have been seven, seven, and seven. Absolutely. And if I any of those three become scores, I'm not so sure Clemson gets back in it. You no. know, like Clemson had to make a push there to get back in that game. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame had control, um, and maybe it was the kids settling in. You know, for them. But um, so, so when you factor all those things, and not to mention the fact that you know you take the quarterback away, level the playing field a little bit, and you let our coaching staff uh, kind of coach against Clemson coaching staff, um, I, I think for a while there, Kelly was winning a chess match, uh, and then it kind of turned around. But he showed he can on a game day out coach just you know anybody that he wants to out coach. Yeah, long I as think he doesn't. this was Ian Book's best game. This was, was Brian Kelly's best yeah. coach game of his career by far. I love the way the offense. I was I was nervous last year before mm-hmm. the bowl game when they announced Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator. I thought, man, that's that's pretty bold. Like the youngest offensive coordinator in college football. I thought this is wow. It's not even like he was that. Effective. No, like he wasn't a great as a player quarterback, but like <laughs> he remember that year in 2012 when they went to the BCS national title game, he was the closer. Like Golson was the, was the starter, and and when they needed a big drive, you know, Tommy Reese came in. So it's not that he was terrible, but he was he just wasn't. I I never would have imagined. Uh, you know, and and I've seen a lot of theories, and it kind of he makes wasn't sense. the guy to put up the points when you had to pad stats. But he was the guy that, like, hey, we don't want a mistake. Get in here. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. almost like an Alex Smith in a way. Like, he's not going to yeah. win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. Um, but uh, I, I've seen a lot of theories, too, that, that they think that um, he's being groomed to be the event that, to take over for Brian Kelly, similar to how Lincoln Riley took over um, from Bob Soups when Bob Soups retired, which, uh, you know, Kelly signed uh, what was a five-year extension this year, plans to retire after it. That kind of makes sense. Keep him in that job. Um, yeah, as long as things, you know, stay the course and, and everything looks good and, and, you know, you're able to adapt, you know, obviously people are going to adapt to you. You got to sure. be able to constantly change and, and get the work in. Um, you know, am I afraid of Boston College? Uh, not on paper. <laughs> we'll, we'll, t- uh, we'll talk about knowing that. Knowing it's game. hanging out there is horrifying. Um, but if you're asking me, can we be competitive with the best teams in the country? I think you just proved that. 100%. 100%. Notre Dame proved that, that you know, and and yeah, the 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 jokes have been written for for twenty plus years about how uh, they can win the easy ones, but not win the hard ones. Um, sometimes it was justified, other times it wasn't. But but they showed uh, on Saturday that, that, that this Notre Dame team uh, is different and and uh, gives us uh, something to be excited about. So Sean, let's go to the picks now, um, and we will. Uh, we'll go a little quicker through these than than we normally do, just because we, we yeah, did yeah, definitely. get a little long winded there. But it, it, you know, definitely good discussion. Uh, last week I was three and two uh, against the spread, seventeen and twelve overall in college football. You were four and one, twenty three and six uh, overall. Two. So I still I still have some ground uh, to 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 pick up on you here. Still firing. But I, like I said, we're going to start in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, we don't typically predict games this with two awful. undefeated or uh, unranked teams but we're going to do it because we talked about them in the uh in the top oh and three penn state they're a three-point road favorite at oh and two nebraska 56 and a half uh is the over under noon on fs1 don't know why you'd want to watch it but it's on fs1 Jeez. 
Um, yeah, it's on there. Get your cable. <laughs> get your cable package. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Nebraska the home edge. Um, Penn State may win by like one, but I'm gonna say Nebraska's gonna cover. I would love to. You know, I still hate Penn State, so I would love to see the up, upset happen. I guess you can call it an upset at this point. Um, but I'm taking the under. I think both these teams stink out loud. Um, they, they might be lucky to hit 50 combined. Uh, so Nebraska plus in the under. Gosh, I don't <laughs> like when you. I knew what what question was coming. I knew what we were going to discuss. I, I did not expect to have to pick this game. Yeah, I don't. Uh, is, I, yeah, look, look at behind the scenes. I don't. I don't give uh, uh, these guys a, a you know a tip. I don't tip my hat on what games we're predicting. Well, all right. Well, let's go. Uh, you like Nebraska at home. Um, I'm not going to fall into the same trap I fell into last week. It worked for me in college football. NFL record not quite as good last week. <laughs> Uh, trying to, I got into a, a pattern. I can't get into the pattern. Got to pick smart. Um, but I, I, I think you know, just based on on the skill positions that are there, I'm going to take Penn State in this game. Uh, I think Penn State, you know, that three point favorite. If I was, you know, if I, if I'm a betting person, I'm going to throw some money out on some college games this week. Maybe I sprinkle a little on Penn State, uh, part of a parlay, because because for all intents and purposes, there's no reason from a talent perspective they should lose this right, game. They should win this um, game. Now. Uh, having said that, based on um, what I've seen in the track record, uh, uh, 52 points to Ohio State, only 21 to Northwestern, but who in the world's throwing the ball or catching the ball for Northwestern? They they're still li- they're leading that division because of I'm Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, I'm aware. I'm aware of everything, that, everything that's <laughs> going on there, uh, and it's a hot mess. Uh, but what I will say is that neither team, to me, when a team actually has um, skill position players, uh, is going to be able to stop anybody. So you're right. They're both terrible. But they're also both terrible on defense. Uh, so I think the offense is push. I take the over, uh, and I take the Nittany Lions. All right, then we go to uh, who would have thought we were going to predict two Coastal Carolina games this year? Number 15, good. Coastal Carolina. This is not a good week of college football, by the Clearly. way. Not a good week. There, there is not a really? matchup. I, I think you're trying to test my 24 and 6 or whatever. <laughs> there is not. Sean, I've gone a week like this already, and I'm still six games behind you. So it's not like I'm gaining ground on it. Uh, but true. this is there is not a game where two top ten te- top twenty five teams play each other. Uh, number fifteen, Coastal Carolina. They're seven and zero, eight and a half point uh, road favorite at Troy, four and three. Um, Fifty and a half is the over under noon on ESPNU. Uh, I'm going to go Coastal Carolina. Keep that thing rolling. Uh, this team's having a blast, and I'm taking the over. Yeah, Coastal Carolina, fun team to watch. I love the mullets. I love the party. I love everything about it. It's like a tailgate at a Leonard Skinner concert, and I love everything about it. Uh, I do like Troy. He's a real nice guy. I I don't think he's going to fare very well (laughs) against 11 guys at any point. Um, But no, seriously, Troy's program in general has had some big wins, chances to upset teams. Maybe that happens here. I don't think so. I'm with you. Train keeps rolling. Give me Coastal Carolina and the over. Then we go to Western Carolina. They travel to if you need any more proof that 2020 is wacky <laughs> number 22 liberty they are 7 and 0 western carolina's 0 and 0 this is their first game number 22 liberty Sean is a 32 and a half point home favorite <laughs> uh the over under 60 and a half against a team that hasn't played against yet against a team that hasn't played 
This one's at noon on ESPN three. You can find these game this game online. Um, I'm going to take Western Carolina to cover the 32 and a half. Um, Liberty's going to win this game, but 32 and a half is a gigantic number. <laughs> it is. It is huge. It is huge. It is huge. Uh, so Western Carolina's going to cover. And I'm taking the over. Yeah, I'm looking at Liberty's track record and see if they've won any games by 32. They won one. They beat UL Monroe. Uh, 40 to 7. That's the only one. Everything else, they've given up at least 21 points. They have two, two, seven points. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take the same. I'm going to take the cover and I'm going to take the over. I, I, I think there's a chance Liberty does this. Uh, in case you were wondering, Western Carolina's last game, they lost 66 to 3 to Alabama <laughs> on November 23rd of last season. Um, so can they give up a lot of points in one shot? Yup. Uh, um, I want to touch this one with a 10 foot pole in Vegas. Uh, but, yeah, give me the cover. All right. Then we go to the game that I'm pretty sure when the, when this season started and when you and I predicted uh, this season, we we looked at our schedule and we said, okay, so we have Clemson on November 7th. And then the following week, right. just like it, you know, just like 1993 set up. Yeah, who scheduled this? Boston College. If you don't know the history, Notre Dame – Upset number one, Florida State in 1993, and the next week hosted unranked Boston College and lost by a field goal. So number two, Notre Dame, 7-0, and and, and they are a 13.5-point road favorite at unranked Boston College. They are 5-3. and 50.5 is the over-under on this one. It is uh, 3.30 on uh, ABC. And, um, you know, that like, realistically – Looking at what Notre Dame did last week, I should be confident going into this game. I should be like, we got this. But much like I started to wane a little bit when that when that Ian Book fumble happened. I'm nervous, Sean. I'm nervous. This game scares me. Like, it just feels like, you know, it is still the, the calendar year is still 2020. So, like, I'm just looking at, like, we had something good. Is this the bad that, that follows the good? Um, I think Boston College is going to cover the 13 and a half. They know the history too. Like, they, like these schools know the history. It's the only two Catholic Division One schools. Like, it's 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 an old rivalry. It's renewed. Boston College. They they've done this to us another time. 2002. We weren't number one in the country, but we were undefeated, and they they spoiled an undefeated season. So they've done this before. This Boston College team with former Notre Dame quarterback Phil Jerkovic. Um, he, he's, he's having a pretty good year. I think Boston college covers Notre Dame wins this game and that's all you need. Go to Chapel Hill, get the win. Um, uh, and I'm taking the, I am going to take the over. I think, uh, our offense is going to keep rolling, but Boston college is a pretty good offense as well. Yeah. Um, uh, let's not forget that Boston college team that beat us in 1993 was like eight and two or something like that at the time. It was not like a, no, they uh, just were unranked. completely, you know, unflawed team. It wasn't a, a, a out-of-this-world upset. And uh, don't get me wrong, there's nothing Boston College could do to, to salvage, even if they were to lose the rest of the games this year. If, if their coach wins this game, he's fine for probably the next two or three years. Oh, and absolutely. I, you know, he wins this game. So, you know, it's everything's for Notre Dame to lose. 13.5 points seems like a, 
I don't know. I don't even know who that spread favors. But but I think you're right. I think you know when you look at, at everything, you got to play this one on paper. You can't keep saying, well, what if they come out and the, you know, if you like playing the like mysteries of sports and the, like let's predict the unpredictable. <laughs> sure, go out, put your money on Boston College. Put all your money on Boston College, and then you know, tear up your ticket when the game's over because Notre Dame's going to win this one handedly. This is a situation where there's no. It's not at the end of the season where it's like, oh, we're almost at the. We have other games to play, including a North Carolina game. Kelly's got them pretty much one game at a time. I don't see any reason why Notre Dame doesn't uh, win this game. I'd like us to cover as well, um, and I'll take the over. All right, and then we go to uh, the night game on ABC. It is number 13, Wisconsin. They are 1-0. and Again, they, they, they won their first game, haven't played in two weeks. Uh, it'll be three weeks since uh, by the time that the game is played. They're a one and a half point road favorite at Michigan, who is one and two. Fifty one and a half is the over under on this one. Seven thirty on ABC. Um, man, lately we were talking about if you're if you're Michigan, you have to you have to be prepared. You have to come out and and be ready for this game. Um, that said, I, I just I, I feel like it. The, it what for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, if Harbaugh's losing the locker, I, I don't know what it is. I truly don't. I, I, but I just feel like it, it's 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 snowballing at this point uh, for Michigan, and and I think Wisconsin wins. I, I think this may be one of those games where Michigan keeps it competitive. We talked about that, but I think in the end, Wisconsin gets it one and a half. You're basically a, a, a win or lose at this point. I think Wisconsin wins this game, but I'm going to take the under. I think three weeks off. For Wisconsin is going to hurt them. They always have a pretty good defense, uh, so I think the points are going to stay tight. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a strange one to pick because you're right. Michigan definitely needs this game. I but the, but the argument that Michigan needs it more uh, is questionable because with a couple of weeks off and and some games that may or may not get made up, uh, if you're well, Wisconsin, Big Ten's not trying, making up games, so those games so they're are just, gone. They're, they're toast. They're, okay. the, it, for for you to make a big the, the the title game, the division winners are based on winning percentage. Gotcha. So Wisconsin so they, needs uh, it. They need this game as much as anyone else, uh, at least when you're – because you've got to look at bowl bids too. Like it's not so much just uh, win the Big Ten. You only played four games or five games. <laughs> you know, who's who's putting their money in on you? But um, uh, they came out. They thrashed Illinois. Had to take a few weeks off. These players are chomping at the bit to play. Maybe a bit too much. I think you're right, though. Wheels sputter. I will, too, take the Badgers. Uh, I will take uh, kind of slow sputtering wheels from Wisconsin in a, another sloppy day out of Michigan. Um, to keep it under as well, so I don't think we're going to differ as much this week as we did last week. No, and and just because it's a weird week, like I didn't feel confident like locking any of these games. It's just a, it's just a weird, oh, no. it's a weird oh, no. slate of games. So, uh, no locks from us here. We, Notre Dame was as close to a lock as I got. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and I mean, I and I, I know better. I'm not. Lo- I, well, I wasn't going to lock against the Irish, and like I said, Notre Dame still wins that game, but I wasn't about to. Uh, to lock against it, but we are going to pause. By the way, I found it before we pause it. I did find. I was looking all over for it. If you wanted to know what the spread on the Boston College game in 1993 was, 14 and a half. Wow! In case you were wondering, and 14 this year and a is half. 13 but Boston and College a half. was ranked 16 in the country. Okay, I thought they were unranked, so it wasn't. It wasn't 16. an unranked team. So yes, um, yeah, still see. I'll never forget when we went. <laughs> To uh, we we toured NBC studios and Notre Dame's been on NBC. Their home games on NBC for Always. decades, yeah, for a long time. The the clip that they ran at NBC studios in Manhattan 
was the clip of Boston College upsetting Notre Dame. We almost destroyed the lobby of 30 Rock. It was bad. It was not good. Like we had to be restrained by our friends in the in the NBC store <laughs> when we <laughs> saw that clip. Uh, it was not pretty. Uh, but we are going to pause here. We are going to uh, take our commercial break. On the other side, we have our NFL picks against the spread. Uh, we're going to look at the Masters this weekend and more. Stick with us. Huddle up live. After these messages, we'll be right back. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Welcome back to the Huddle Up Podcast. We are live here, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Sean and Jim back here. And uh, make sure you are subscribed to us. If you subscribe on any of the uh, podcast feeds, we appreciate that. We're also on uh, Spotify and Amazon now. Uh, If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, give us a rate and review. We'd appreciate that. Five stars. We like five stars the best, but... uh, Give us a rate and review. We'd appreciate that. Get our name out six there. Six stars. A little bit more. I don't know if that's an option, but if it is, do it anyway. All like, six. Like, right in an extra star. In the comments type. type. I would give six stars. There you go. I like that. I like at that. Least. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Sean. Let's let's look at the NFL um, and uh, and our picks against the spread uh, on the season. I went 2-2 two and two last week for 18 and 13 overall. You went 2-2 two and two as well. For twenty, oh, that's right. I got the New Orleans. Yeah, right. you got that New Orleans one. Yeah, I, I believed in nice. Brady a little bit too much. That was about as ugly as it gets. Um, and then uh, you are twenty-one and ten overall. So things are a little bit closer. Um, a little bit in uh, in in the NFL. Uh, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> that's a, uh, that, that's a that's a that's a wrestling uh, a wrestling joke from Ryan. I uh, hope everybody's having a good night Six wherever stars in Japan. you are. You are watching us. Uh, bye weeks this week, the Jets, the Chiefs, my Cowboys, we can't lose, baby, and uh, and the Falcons. Um, I was almost pissed the Cowboys were, were beating the Steelers on Sunday because I'm like, he, it would be the most Cowboys thing in the entire world to be setting yourself up. I think right now, if the, if the season ended, the, the NFL draft, I think the Cowboys would be fourth. I'm like, you're setting yourself up for a top five pick, and you're going to blow it. <laughs> 
And you're going to be the only undefeated team right, like just, in the NFL. Like, stop it. Like, Garrett Gilbert looked good. Potential backup maybe behind Dak next year. Um, I did see that they're turning the reins back over to Andy Dalton, who should be returning this week. So maybe it looks well, like he's going to be on a very short lease. Uh, well, it looks like they're committing to, to losing. So that's a good thing. That's there a, you go. Um, it's like letting Cam Newton play. <laughs> but yeah, it just, I love the takes from last night's game, by the way, everybody like, you know, super cam is back. He leads him to a win. I'm like, that was the Owen nine jets. Like, you know that, jets. right? Like the jets are terrible. Adam Gase. Yeah, Adam Gase and the Jets. I did love that it was Nick Folk that that, that closed that one out. Former Jets. That is pretty, pretty, pretty um, yeah. But yeah, Super Cam not back. The Patriots are still trash. Um, I, To me, I thought, you know, and I'm watching the first half of that game last night. I'm like, they're tanking. They want Trevor I, Lawrence. I sent you a message. Yeah. I told you. And I said on the podcast last week, bet against, if you got some fun money, bet it, bet it on the Jets and both. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what the uh, what the spread was on that one, but yeah, brutal, um, just absolutely brutal. All right, four games, Sean. We have uh, we're going to start Thursday night. I think this might be the first time we've picked a Thursday night game since I opening week. Um, <laughs> but not a great slate uh, in the NFL this week, so that's why we're looking at one on Thursday. Uh, it is an AFC South battle: the five and three Colts at the six and two Titans. Who are a one point home favorite. Forty nine is the over under this one on Fox. Um, I mean, the Titans keep winning, but I still say this team's a fraud. I don't think the Colts are any better, but I have to stick to. I have to stay on brand. I've been calling out the Titans for weeks. They're not good. Um, Who did they play this week? They barely beat. They they struggle. The Bears. Yeah, the Bears suck. Yeah, but the Bears are the like Bears suck. The same team, mediocre offense. You know. Normally a good running game. The Bears suck. The Bears are bad. But the their Bear, defense is real good. Their defense, their defense is, what keeps is them good, but they suck. They're the Bears. And, and the, the Titans are a fucking fraud. I don't care. They're a fraud. Um I have the you Colts. Sour. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I, I just I, I just I think people are way too high on Tennessee. Uh so I'm gonna take the Colts. Uh, again, one point. If you're taking the cover, you're probably taking a victory. Could theoretically could be a tie. Uh, but I'm taking the Colts uh, to cover and win, but I'm taking the under. These offenses aren't very good. Um, I think it's going to be a defensive game. As long as Phillip Rivers doesn't have to try and tackle somebody, I think the Colts will be fine. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been pretty high on the Colts all year uh, and the Colts defense and kind of being, you know, this kind of being the team that surprised me. I, I didn't expect a lot out of the Colts. I think that they've come in and been one of the best defenses around. Um but, you know, last week, you know, coming in, you know, getting a chance to play Baltimore. And I'm not saying those two defenses are in the same breath, but they're close. And, and you know, you got a struggling Baltimore offense. Um, and this may have just been Baltimore's defense stopping the, the offensive games. But this is a team that, um, you know, you, you put up a ton against Detroit the week before in 41 points. You played the Bengals. You put up 31. Congratulations. But against teams with defenses, they've really kind of struggled to put up some points. I mean, even against that Bears team, um, which, by the way, the Colts have also beaten uh, by less points. It was 19 to 11. Uh, but they um, – I, I just I, – I don't know. I feel like the Colts are kind of untested with their current uh, regime in uh, larger games. I think this is probably the most meaningful game they've had to step up and play. And I think it's nothing new for the Titans. I think the Titans, having gone on that run last time, uh, the fact that you can run against the Colts 
and the Ravens kind of proved that as best they could um, with their mix of 100 guys or whoever was touching the ball. Um, well, there's someone a little better than who the Ravens have uh, running at you this time. Um, I'm going to take the Titans, um, which, by the way, uh, their only losses are a, a fluke one, I think, to Cincinnati and a very close one to Pittsburgh. Um, of course, Pittsburgh barely beat Dallas, so what do I know? <laughs> I, I, and, I'm, aw- I'm aware, but they're, they've had a lot of close wins as well against bad teams. Okay. Well, that, you can that, believe what you want. Uh, Titans are going to win this one. It's going to push the over, surprisingly, despite the defenses on the field. And uh, Derrick Henry's going to haunt your dreams. Uh, well, he still does from that national title game. So that that, that still yep. hasn't changed. Going to keep on haunting. <laughs> going to be Derrick Henry in two different uniforms. That's what I said. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, as a Notre Dame fan, I don't know if I'd rather have Alabama in the first round of the playoff or in the national title game. Uh, maybe the first round, because at least then it's a different place that you could haunt yeah, my dreams. Yeah, at least then you had no hope. <laughs> yeah, don't get me back to a title game unless you're going like to freaking you know, win. You beat like a Clemson team or you beat a somebody like, and then just like, bam, Alabama just murders you like last time. Although for the for the first time, and I, and I am happy about this, like the, a lot of college football analysts are are saying that, I mean, unless, it's, unless Notre Dame gets boat raced, I mean, assuming that Notre Dame wins out, Clemson wins out, you play in the ACC title game. Unless Notre Dame gets boat raced, they're probably still making they'll the playoffs. Still make the playoffs because right. because of that win. So like that makes me feel good. They know the road ahead of them. But like it, it would be it would be the most twenty twenty thing in the in the fucking world if everything else is on fire. Notre Dame wins a national title. <laughs> like just and that's in yep. December. Like just it's 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 closing out the year strong. Like just, and, just lock it up. Just put and, it, I'm to, and I'm and I'm totally fine with it. I'd be totally fine with that. Not the rest I'm, of the year, but I'd be fine with the national title. Um then we go to Sunday, one o'clock on Fox. A battle for first place in the NFC. <laughs> 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 the three, four, and one Philadelphia Eagles are a three point road favorite at the two and seven. New York Giants, who are still totally alive in the NFC East. Um, 42 and a half is the over-under, 1 o'clock on Fox. Um, <laughs> this game stinks. <laughs> yeah, technically um, not a battle for first. No, you know, I guess the Eagles would still have a... Cannot catch the Eagles. The Eagles would win. still have like a 1.65 game lead. I, I can't figure it out with bye weeks and ties. It's 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 silly. Um but uh, so what? One and a half it would be at that point because it'd be three and seven and three five and one. So it'd be like one and a half. <laughs> I don't guys, even know how to do it. the five and one and the seven. There's like I feel like there's games lost in the in yeah the it, yeah. Did they, like did they lose games here? Like the Giants have played clearly six more games than the Philadelphia Eagles. I, don't I guess know how yeah. The Giants possible. haven't had their bye, or the Eagles have had three looks buys. Like you just didn't play for weeks. <laughs> um, I, I'm taking the Giants. Uh, to cover and win, I can't pick the Eagles. Um, I, I'm not confident in it, but I, I don't like picking the Eagles. Uh, I just, I just hope Carson Wentz turns the ball over four times like he did against the Cowboys, and the Giants find a way to win. Well, I'll tell you this: the Giants' defense is a little better than Dallas's, so you better not, you know, kind of turn over. They're a little more opportunistic. So too. My, our uh, high school alma mater's defense is better than it's true. the it's Cowboys. True. I saw. I drove past a, you know little midget league soccer practice and i'm pretty sure they showed more promise uh, on the defensive side of the ball probably however um this is an eagles team because people and i and i said this people have been bashing this nfc east they've been like oh well all these teams are garbage and like 
the trouble in the first you're in the first quarter of the season or the beginning of the second quarter of the season is if you've dropped a bunch of games, if if you can win a handful in a row, all of a sudden because if the Eagles win this, we're we're over five hundred technically because we have a tie. I feel no. like we're technically over five hundred. Four, no. four, and one. Is it? Is that exactly five hundred? I still think well, I think it's exactly so five hundred. You're at five hundred. Page. You're at you're, like five hundred. I guess you're at like five hundred because no, you should be technically at five hundred, right? You would you, be five hundred because the same arguments you could make for being like five hundred plus, you could argue for five hundred minus, minus, especially because you probably should have beaten it would be the Bengals. The, it would be the first time on my recent memory that we would have been exactly five hundred after playing an odd number of games, which is right a talent in itself. If you ask me, that's right. more impressive than just being six and two. Is it though? Uh, either way, uh, page can be turned. You hit the five hundred mark this time. You, you, the Eagles have a fairly favorable run here, mostly because uh, we play in the NFC East. That's helpful. Uh, the team is healthy. Uh, Miles Sanders expected to practice. Alshon Jeffrey to return to practice, whatever condition he's in. I don't even know how old he is anymore. But you got a Jalen Ragor healthy. Had a couple of weeks to get ready again. Um, this is going to be the the healthiest we've seen this team in several weeks i don't know how much of the offensive line is going to be there and lane johnson uh can only play in three play segments anyway um but uh it's a giants team uh you know carson wentz turn it over a handful of times danny dimes can easily do the same thing uh i think the eagles come in here they take control you've had an extra week to get ready uh i think the eagles win they cover uh what was my over under mark on this one 42 and a half over I think the Eagles score plenty of points. I think they have the weapons to score some big plays, and the Giants do too once they have to pass. Uh, so I think uh, I think this one pushes over easily. All right, then we go to uh, four oh five on Fox. The seven and two Bills, the first place seven and two Bills, uh, are at the five and three Arizona Cardinals, who are a two and a half point home favorite. Uh, the fifty four and a half is the over under on this one. Four oh five on Fox. This one I looked at, I, and I and I started writing down the bills, and uh, Ryan uh, was was admiring our math skills uh, on, on that one. Um, I started writing down the bills, and it's not that I don't believe in the bills because I think this team is is pretty good. Um, you know, they're they're seven and two for the first time since I think Jim Kelly was the quarterback in those Super Bowl seasons. Um, I'm not totally sold on them. I also like. This Cardinals team, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury and, and uh, Kyler Murray, like, th- th- like this team is fun to watch. Uh, so I started writing down the bills. I changed it. I'm going with the Cardinals uh, to cover the two and a half, obviously to get the win. I'm going to go over. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring uh, in this game, but I, I, I think it's going to be one of those last possession sort of games. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals to win, and I'm even going to go bold. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. What? Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. You heard it here first. Well, I can't lock it up then. Um, either way, uh, <laughs> to defend my math skills, uh, I'm looking at a team that's going to be playing their ninth game. I saw four losses. In your brain, you just assume you're going to be five and four. Uh, the tie just messes up all math. You, can, you look at it, and it just explodes <laughs> into a there, – there's exponents, and there's parentheses, and there's all sorts of things that start screaming by your face – uh, there's no reason you should look at a tie. The NFL still needs to clean that up. Uh, no reason there should be ties in the NFL. Absolute oh my garbage. God, who the hell cares? 
No one really does. There's not enough of them to really uh, complain about it, but every time one happens, people are just confused. So let's just eliminate them. Roger Goodell, I know you watch. Come on, man. College uh, college overtime, infinitely better than NFL. Oh, way more entertaining, for sure. Absolutely. Because the, the NFL overtime, especially the way it stands, like there are teams that literally are like, we have no business being in overtime. Let's just play for a tie. Yeah. Like, and you're just like, why are you running the ball four times? What is wrong? <laughs> like, you like, can't you can't watch what happened uh, in that Notre Dame Clemson game and tell me that that wasn't more exciting than what you get yeah. on NFL. Make overtime. them go in from like the thirty five. Right, do thirty five, forty, forty five. But like, yeah, you know, do do put them on the five. <laughs> what do I stop We're here in hour sixteen of the Bills and Cardinals. Got to go for two every play. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, no go. kicks. Kickers are shot. One team just snaps it through the end zone, but you got this. That was the uh, the XFL thing, right? They, they, there was no kickers. No kickers. You had you, had a, no you had a one point conversion from the five. You had a two point conversion from like the ten, and a three point from the fifteen. Anyway, uh, Buffalo Bills had a pretty good performance last week. They did. Uh, came out and absolutely uh, baffled a a uh, Seattle offense. Threw a lot at Russell Wilson. Threw a lot at Pete Carroll, uh, which I was had fun watching. Uh, always but, fun um, watching Pete get beat. Yeah, always good watching Pete get beat. But the uh, Bills' defense finally arrived. I mean, they still gave up a good bit of points to a good offense, but but they did finally arrive. They showed some promise in the ability to get to the quarterback. Unfortunately, uh, you had a very mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson. You're getting one of maybe two quarterbacks more mobile than Russell Wilson. Guy just came off a, what, 104-yard rushing effort in addition to – couple hundred and three scores through the air and i know that because i played against him in fantasy uh your wife got the better of me in the <laughs> fantasy in my own league i feel like i lose to her every year uh but it's okay we're gonna come back strong either way uh i'm with you i'm taking kyler murray in this one um <laughs> it's it's you know it's definitely more of an agreeable week uh in both parties i guess but uh give me kyler murray and the cardinals i like everything they're doing uh, I think they're a way better team without Kenyon Drake. So hopefully, if he is healthy enough to play, they're just like, yeah, why don't you just stay back there? Because uh, we're just going to throw the ball all the time, and you're fat and slow. Uh, so why don't you just stay over there with your broken leg? Which clearly, He's looking at the two of us, healthy, and then the coach is just going to like snap his fingers, and someone's going to club him in the leg. Which let's be clear: if you look at the two of us, we are we are not we are in the fat and slow club. So we're not making oh, fun. Of, we're not we're not making fun of anybody. Sometimes it's a fun club to be in, but not when you're a football player. Oh, it's a great club to be in. Each of the yeah. almost every weekend, I'm I'm drinking beer yeah. and eating hot wings, watching football. Yeah, you have that's a great club. No expectations from anyone. I'm eating hoagies. I'm eating wings. I'm eating pizza. And you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like you're fat and slow club. You're like, what would you eat for lunch today? Uh, well, I hot wings. Pizza. <laughs> yeah. I had pizza I had and wings. And I drank beer. Oh, you ate a cheesesteak? Yeah, it was a six foot cheesesteak from Subway. <laughs> And people are like, oh, that's that's impressive. Like it's like it's a feat of power. Like, wow, you ate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. not even mad. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, kindergartner walked too close. I might have swallowed that guy. I don't know where he went. <laughs> I was eating pretty hard, and they're like, yeah, impressive. That kid probably weighed 50 pounds. So anyway, uh, let's move on back to the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals. Give me the over. Let's move on. All right, then we go to uh, 4:25 on Fox. It is those Seattle Seahawks we just talked about. Uh, they are uh, six and two. They are at the five and three Rams, who are a two point home favorite. Fifty five and a half uh, is your over under. Uh, this one is on CBS, four twenty five Eastern Time. Um, man, I, I hate Seattle. I really hate Seattle. 
I want to pick against them every time I have the chance. Uh, that said, I just don't think this Rams team is all that good. And I think Seattle, need they want to get a big bounce back here. Um, and they're a team that usually responds to the, like that type of situation pretty well. So I'm taking Seattle uh, to cover the two points. They're going to pick up the win. And I'm going to take the under, though. I think uh, the Rams defense is, is going to take the film from last week. They're going to do some things. Uh, disrupt the, the 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 Seattle offense, but you know you have just too many weapons uh, with Seattle, and and they're going to find ways to do it. But I'm going to take the under. All right, you're taking the under, and you're taking the Seahawks. I am. All right. I don't know how I'm going to defend this. <laughs> what I'm about to say, because <laughs> I can't stand McVeigh, but I can't stand Carroll either. I don't believe in Jared Goff, and I completely believe in Russell Wilson. <laughs> I don't know who's going to lead the Rams in receiving from week to week or who's going to lead them in rushing from week to week. But you can say that about Seattle as well. And I will, I will say this, though. Aaron Donald is a much better player than anyone on Seattle's defense. Um, and uh, Seattle has a pretty good secondary – or um, the Rams have a pretty good secondary <laughs> as well. Almost, almost said Seattle does – and that would have completely discredited anything I told you on today's program. And that would have so been I almost wrong, I have to apologize wrong. for almost falling on my ass. <laughs> However, what I'm about to say, one, if you'd have told me that the L.A. Rams would be a two-point favorite home or away against the Seattle Seahawks in Week 10 with a worse record than the Seattle Seahawks, I'd have slapped you in the face and told you to take all my money in a bet. <laughs> what the hell is even that? <laughs> Having said that, there's a reason people want you to bet on Seattle. There's something they want you to believe in. McVeigh's creative. You don't know who to defend at any given time. I will give him that. And because of that, um, a defense that can't seem to decide who to defend in the secondary anyway. Now, they do have Adams back. He played last week. He's getting healthier. That should help them a lot. I don't think it really matters because I don't think you have a strength. You have Cooper Cup. Is he really going to draw safety help? No, because he's not that fast. So, I'm going to take the L.A. Rams in this. I'm going to take them to cover, uh, I think, with the extra uh, kind of week off, just a chance to get ready. I think McVay's going to have some things in the, up his sleeve. Uh, I don't know how you stop Russell Wilson, and I don't think you really do. I think you just kind of contain him, which is why this game's going to push over. Uh, I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. Uh, so, you know, normally I wouldn't sell the Rams as entertaining unless it's a game where they're going to get absolutely murdered and it'll be fun to watch. But <laughs> – uh, I think this one's going to be kind of a shootout, but kind of a crafty shootout. Uh, and I think when it comes to kind of the technicalities of coaching, that McVay's going to going to outcoach Carroll in this one. Uh, give me the Rams. Wow. Yeah. And you know what? Lock it up. Oh wow! Really? Lock it. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Wow, you fucking really the Rams lock up the Rams over the Seahawks. I ne- I would have never guessed that. I've lost all belief in Seattle when they lost in Buffalo. Well, I mean, you're not wrong, uh, Sean. Before we uh, transition to golf uh, and the uh, the NHL and NBA, uh, real quick here. Uh, of course, we uh, dole out the fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. Uh, so I turn the uh, I turn the reins over to you uh, to uh, to present your case for that. 
Right. If there's one thing that the uh, champion of the Fat and Slow Club would understand, <laughs> it's irrelevance. So uh, we've created the fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. And there were some finalists, not as many as other weeks. We had a Mercedes Lewis appearance uh, blast from the past. We had a Drew Locke rushing touchdown. Not even honorable mention, either of those. Here's what I found. As a tie for honorable mention, we had a Devontae Booker Las Vegas Raiders Ooh. touchdown this week. We had a Nick Mullins to a Richie James. Who? Yeah, I, I don't even know what teams they play for. Who? We had, <laughs> and then we move on to our top three. Uh, our third place finisher, uh, Nick Foles, we all know and love, uh, found Ryan Nall Who? for a touchdown, <laughs> bringing his season stats to six catches for 39 yards and a score. Uh, second place, we had an old friend of mine, somebody who couldn't do anything in Philadelphia, to a tackle, uh, through to Mac Hollins for a touchdown Who? this week. Mac Hollins played several years in Philadelphia. This still may have been his first touchdown. Sean, and hold on, before speaking of guys that that uh, used to uh, frustrate you in Philadelphia, how you feel about Nelson Aguilar catching every touchdown in uh, Vegas this year? <laughs> I'm not that surprised. When you look at Nelson Aguilar, uh, you know, in our Super Bowl run, we would not have been in that Super Bowl game were it not for the play of Nelson Aguilar going into that game. Uh, Aguilar had uh, a great bounce back campaign that year. Um, has he played real great since? Not not spectacularly in Philadelphia, but I don't think he played poorly since that that first year. I think he's. It's just kind of become this fun butt end of a joke. We've had a lot of receivers play a lot worse than. Apparent, apparently, he won hands at the uh, at the craps table in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, he's one hand just he's just spilling his chips all over the place. Yeah, right. so he pays somebody to carry his chips for him. But uh, anyway, back to uh, the Nelson Aguilar. In all, in all seriousness, uh, congrats to him. I'm glad he found a niche for himself, and I hope they, I hope he does well. Uh, but our number one, your fantasy relevant touchdown of the week. He appeared as a finalist last week. He's come back to play again. Uh, Justin Herbert this week for the. Uh, Chargers found Gabe Neighbors once again. Your fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. Season stats three catches. Yeah, by the way, season stats three catches, 11 yards, two touchdowns is Gabe Neighbors' season stats, in case you were wondering. Who the hell is this? (laughs) Three catches, catches, 11 yards, two touchdowns. So, I mean, if you're that desperate in fantasy, and you're going to roll the dice on Gabe Neighbors. If you're there's, in a 22-team league, there's a pretty and good you chance need a fill in for your flex. Gabe, you could do worse than Gabe Neighbors because there's a chance that when he catches the ball, it's, it's going, going to be in. a touchdown, <laughs> and you will look. You're a goddamn genius. <laughs> Let's remember this is a team that has three running backs competing for fantasy viability. So how this he's a how he's on the it's, field? I have it no doesn't. Idea. It just doesn't make sense. It I, just, I, but either way, Gabe Neighbors, your fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. Congratulations. All right, Sean. Uh, it feels weird talking about football and then going to the Masters. But what isn't, hey, what isn't what weird isn't about weird? this year? Um, of course, uh, you, you know, it was, it was postponed in the spring due to the, the pandemic. Uh, they are playing this week. Tiger Woods finally gets to defend his crown. Uh, Sergio Garcia, the 2017 champion, had to withdraw. He tested positive for COVID, uh, so he will not be uh, there. Just looking over some of the odds uh, for the uh, Masters, Bryson DeChambeau uh, is eight to one. Dustin Johnson nine to one. Uh, John Rahm eleven to one. 
Justin Thomas twelve to one, Rory McIlroy fourteen to one. Then we drop down a little bit here. Uh, look at some of the bigger names in the sport: Bubba Watson twenty eight to one, as well as Patrick Reed twenty eight to one. Colin Morikawa, the, uh, the 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 young stud, he is thirty to one. Tiger Woods, your defending champion, thirty five to one. Jordan Spieth, former champion. That's a fun bet. Yeah, that's that is that is you know and and you know this is a course where if Tiger if Tiger I have until Thursday to place that bet, right? If Tiger, yeah, the yeah, play starts on Thursday a little earlier this year because it gets darker in November than it does in April. So uh, make sure you check your times on it. Um, but uh, as we saw last year, Tiger Woods minus 13. If he locks in, he knows how to win on that course. It was his fifth title uh, a year ago. Jordan Spieth, the 2015 champion, he is 40 to 1. Uh, Sergio was 60 to one, but of course the withdrawal, Ricky Fowler, 66 to one, Phil Mickelson, 80 to one, Gary Woodland. There's an old name for you. 100 to one. Uh, then you start getting real deep. Graham McDowell, 250 to one, Fred couples. I didn't even know Fred couples was still playing, uh, competitive golf. He is 500 to one, uh, and, and won a blast from the past VJ Singh, 1000 to one. Uh, and you go all the way down. Uh, Jose Maria or Olazabal, Sandy Lyle, and Larry Mize are all two thousand to one. Uh, so if you if you want to just th- throw a couple of bucks at the wall and and you know if you can afford to throw ten bucks away, that's gonna hit ha- that's gonna hammer hard on you if they if they find a way to win. Yeah, just pick a couple. You know, uh, earlier today I, I made a pick. Uh, the Golf Etc. in Lancaster. Um, Tommy Matani, uh, I believe is uh, I, I always pronounce his name wrong. I know you uh, know him and uh, and their family. He is the new owner of the Golf Etc. I saw that store yeah. in Lancaster. So super exciting! If you're in the Central PA area and you like golf, check out yeah, Golf Etc. Matani, Matani. But either way, check out the uh, Tommy's a great dude, awesome golfer, um, and uh, super excited for him. They have a contest on their Facebook page where you predict the winner. Uh, and what their final score will be. So I'm going to make my pick here, just as I did on that page. I'm going to go with Justin Thomas at minus 14 uh, for the tournament to walk away minus with the 14. green jacket. Yeah. Uh, if you look over the past couple of years, uh, Tiger last year minus th- 13. Uh, Patrick Reed was minus 15. Uh, Sergio Garcia in 2017 was minus 9. Uh, Danny Willett was minus 5 in 2016. And Jordan Spieth uh, was minus 18 back in 2015. Uh, don't know if, if you know, and this is this is kind of a, a tricky one going into because, um, you know, the, the it's it's going to be a different light because different time of day, different time of year. Uh, the course is going to look a little bit different. It looks fantastic uh, with the fall colors, but it is going to be a very different looking and feeling master. So, it, you know, will the scores be better? Will they be a little bit worse? Um, but I'm going to go, like some said, falling leaves or recovery shots easier, you know, I, right, I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're still going to do an immaculate job at, at, at keeping that course, uh, pretty spot free as much as they can. Well, I mean, as far as if you hit that one into the woods, uh, you know, is, is there less foliage to block your path out? Maybe you, you may know, have that, a few uh, bit you know, more that, resting shots. That's the interesting shots. thing of playing in the fall. A lot of, a lot of things in your way that may not be in your way. Lord knows I I, I I play better in the fall and winter than I do in the spring and summer. That's for sure. Well, we're also fat. We sweat a lot less. Well, that's true. In the fall. <laughs> Unless you're in Florida, then you sweat just as much. Right. Uh, but either right. way, uh, either way um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to take a little bit different path. Maybe I'll get on the Facebook page there and, uh, and make my prediction there as well. Uh, but we, um, 
we definitely differ. Uh, I, I do think uh, I think Tom's going to do just fine. I don't see any reason why not. I would love to be the guy that sits here and tells you Tiger Woods is going to repeat because uh, I hope he does, and I am probably going to make that bet uh, at those odds uh, just so everybody's aware. Uh, but um, I, I don't think he's going to be the factor. I'm going to take the big heavy hitter. That's what I'm going to take. Grip it and rip it. Knock it around. Try to catch up with me on your second shot. I'm going to take DeChambeau wow. okay. uh, to win the Masters. You know he. I like DeChambeau. Wow. I like the long. I like the heavy hitter. I, and and also, um, you know, I read an article about it before. Like it was a kind of being hilarious, but I do love the idea of how large they're going to have to make that green jacket to fit <laughs> his. The guy's built like a Dude, linebacker. Yeah. Tiger Woods is going to have to hold a jacket that if he held up would just. Tiger's going to get on a gone. step ladder to get uh, to get the jacket on. Oh man, it's going to be incredible. He might not be able to hold the jacket up after playing golf. If he has to play full four days, he may not be able to hold a jacket. That Did long. you see Rom's uh, hole in one on the uh, on the on the practice round today on the, where they skip it across the water? Oh no! I heard about it on the. I was, oh, I was it's, it's the it is it is it. unreal. It is an unreal shot. It, it really is. Um, but yeah, so the the I'm Masters going to cast that on uh, cast it on the replay. I'm going to take Deshambo. Uh, you want me to take my score? Um, it's very easy to make up shots when your first shot goes 400 yards on the green. <laughs> um, so, now it's not a course that's super friendly for long hitters either. Like so, no, but Bubba's done to, it. Like Bubba's the closest thing. Yeah. To yeah, what DeChambeau so, so does. It, it, it can happen. I think it will happen because he, he's, he's not just to club it and need it to go straight. He can he can finesse his drives enough. Uh, but I'm going to take him at um, – I'm actually going to go lower score. And you know, I'm going to take 18 under. Jeez. Dude, it is, it is it is unreal to, to watch the, 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 the spin that, that pro golfers can put on the ball. Like I went to the, uh, the women's open when it was at Lancaster a couple years ago. And um, – there's the hole number ten on Lancaster goes out a couple hundred yards, and then it turns. I mean, it's a it's a pretty good, uh, like pretty good dog leg, uh, about about halfway out, and like I'm I'm watching these golf and they hit it. It's too, like it goes like you know 210 yards straight, and then it turns. I'm just like, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> like it is it is amazing for them to be able to go. Yeah, I'm gonna make this ball turn at 210 yards. Like Wait, I said, 18. I meant 16. I was going to beat you by a score, and, I, and I, for my brain, I somehow had you at 17, and I got real excited about 18, and then I did the math <laughs> on it. I'm like, that's not what I wanted. Oh, that's, that's I want 16. More, that's a lot more. Over than, four uh, days, those two shots, you just never know. Yeah, it, it, it always does. All right. Like 16 under DeChambeau, your Masters champion, and the largest Masters champion in the history. Of Absolutely. Champions. Then we're going to really quick here, Sean, look at, uh, of course, the NBA, NHL seasons normally are, are about a month or so in. Uh, right now, they're still deciding when to come back. Uh, the NBA, I think just earlier today, everything is, is getting finalized. The NBA will get back to play on uh, December the 22nd. They ha- are going to have a 72-game season. I think normally they have, what, 76. Uh, so they're planning on a 72-game season uh, for the NBA. Uh, wishing the best of luck. I saw as we were on the air that the Knicks, um, all their facilities are, are being shut down. Because uh, they they did have they're a, being nixed they're being <laughs> that's good um but uh, due to positive tests so you know we're gonna we're gonna see how how everything goes there uh, the NHL still hoping they're still targeting January first for their return to play they're still hoping to play a full eighty two game season but um, the NHL wants to get their their normal calendar schedule 
back on track for 2021-2022 where you start in October. So uh, they, they are kind of admitting that they have to uh, be willing to shorten the season a little bit this year, get the playoffs in probably by uh, mid, mid-August uh, at the latest uh, to get back on track for, a, for an October start the following year. Uh, I did see as well uh, Commissioner Gary Bet- Bettman uh, said today that they are uh, exploring the idea of what they're calling uh, like short-term hubs. So they're not going to do like full bubbles like they did uh, for the playoffs because they're not going to take these players away from their families for the duration of a season. But what they would basically be is whether it's a neutral site or you would actually like travel to uh, one city as a cluster, uh, but you would play uh, somewhere between 10 and 12 games in, a, in about a two-week span, then you would go home for a week. And then, uh, and then, and then do a, a now, travel. Are they just doing else? the week break? Like they say, go home for a week. Here, here's the issue I see with that is like if you want to play it in in pods, like you almost need to build your schedule in pods where you're going to build. Uh, like if you want to do a week at home, you need to give them like another week. Like as long, I mean, unless you're really trusting guys to not go anywhere, like that's the other big thing. Is like sure, like like do you? Do you build in another week to like essentially quarantine and test before they full you know like have like I, a, I don't, like a I don't step into the bubble? So, I don't think so. But I mean, you you, you, you know you, you got to trust similar to the way the the, right. the NFL is right now. Well, that's true, and the NFL as a whole because they have uh, a week now, off between their, games. They're scares and they've had their disasters, sure. and I'm not sure, sure out of the woods. But for the most part, when you look at the number of players, and I would have never guessed we would got this far. No. Uh, so, so they've they've managed to to kind of lock these guys down. Uh, having said that, uh, I think it's a pretty good plan. I, I, I kind of like the chance to kind of build it. Uh, I would like to see them maybe as the season goes on stretch stretch that time. Like, don't make me do like ten games, ten games, ten like ten games. Maybe like give me like a slightly longer stretch of games in one, and then like uh, maybe two weeks. Like, I'd rather see that where like sure. get as many games played while you're in the bubble as you possibly can as long as those players are willing to be there. And then, like, if it takes them, give them two weeks at home instead. You know, like, because the farther into the season goes, the more you've invested money-wise, the more you're invested ad space-wise, and the more you're invested fan base-wise. So I feel like the longer it gets into it, the longer you should probably ask those players to be away. Um, You know, and and maybe you, um, I don't know, I thought about, you know, some interesting ideas I had were like, like like a slow scale down to the playoffs. Like at a certain date, your bottom like five full off. Like you know, what I mean? like <laughs> like you just knock off two from each side. Just sorry, you guys are out. And then like, sorry, uh, and you start jettisoning. Sorry, Florida Panthers, you guys suck. You guys are awful. You won't <laughs> play anymore. Have fun at home. Yeah, it's, and then like you hit another date, and you're like, well, we got to get rid of four more. Sorry, Vegas, <laughs> you didn't get a chance to make that late season run. I'm afraid it's too little, too late. You're gone, and you just have this giant. You could even do it like grand state. Uh, anyway, uh, either way, I hope hockey wins. I think hockey's the one sport that I think is most likely to pull it off because last time they waited till they had it just right. Um, I think basketball's plans. I'm not saying I don't trust basketball players. I'm not saying I don't trust the NBA. I'm not saying I don't trust anybody in the organization. The pro is the rosters are small. The con is they had breaches of a bubble. Right. Like, within weeks, they had breaches of – they had one bubble. Everybody come in. Nobody move. 
Nobody players snuck out of a players snuck out. They ordered a strip they, club for wings. They ordered yeah. They went to yeah four wings. You know, and sure. I'm not trying to perpetuate stereotypes. I'm not trying to say anything about no. any type of certain people. What I'm trying to say is, uh, you, you also have a very young league. I think the NBA as a whole is very young. It's very like extravagant. Uh, it, it's also an incredible money making league. So I, I know they don't want to throw any money away. I think 72 games without a but it is a long stretch to ask these players to move around. Some of them see cities they've never seen before. You know, have a ton of money they've never. Well, seen I, th- I think what like, you're going to have to do is you are you're going to have to to really just you know you're not you're not bubbling, but when you travel when you travel the venue, go back. Go right, home. you know, if if you if you're there's no if, time in the town. If you're in a city, you know, you go to the hotel and you're basically locked in the hotel, uh, stuff like that. You know, you they you, were locked in Disney World. I know, and got out. And got out. Yeah, you know, the happiest place. There's 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 walking ducks and mice there, James, that talk to you and sing. <laughs> they right. have princesses everywhere. Right. Why are These you leaving? Are like that's not good enough for me. I'm going. Right. I'm Why are you? Yeah. Get some wings at a strip club. Um. But yeah, I think Disney probably had a strip club during the NBA bubble. Uh, probably, well, maybe. And if not, the NBA planned it wrong. Right, right. You know, you 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 Just give them you give them chefs, big, you give the them big Epcot ball there. Uh, as much food and, and drink as possible. Yeah, they should have done a strip club. Why not? Why not? Would have been. Why not? Just build a tent, put some strippers in there, be like, have a good time. Exactly. But you know, also, you, you can never leave. <laughs> bubble, bubble the strippers in with the uh, bubble with, the strippers in. Um, you know, so that, and everybody's safe. You know, safety they first. They would have been paid very well. Safety first. That's the that's the key. Safety first. That's, that's the All right, Sean. We're going to close this show up. Make sure you uh, let people know uh, where they can follow you and all that. Well, as usual, you can follow me at Sean Shine State on Twitter. Uh, make sure you send some recommendations on your fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. Hopefully, I get some uh, more live uh, takes on that as Sunday progresses. But. Uh, We're going to enjoy the weather down here in Tampa, whether it's storming or not. You enjoy your sports, whether it's storming or not. All right, and you can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Make your following along with the show. Go to all of our social media. Follow the link tree. Get the merchandise. Uh, We have that limited time sale up through the end of the month. Uh, Make sure you're following along with our home network, NGSC Sports, at NGSCSports.com. Until next week, look, pandemic's still rolling, folks. Mask up, be safe, be smart. Until then, go for the win. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app. That's arenaeats.app for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?